What's up, everyone? Welcome to episode 21 of 3-Minute Drive. I'm Trey. I'm Benny. I'm Fern. And we're excited to talk to you about uh, the current events in sports this week. We got week three of the NFL is over. Um, well, that's all I really can think of right now. <laughs> There's been a lot that's gone on. But we, there is definitely more to go, but more shit to talk about. Yeah. But we're going to start off with week three of the NFL. Yeah. You because got scores? You got scores ready? No, I don't have scores up. But, oh, uh, we'll go into that first, yeah. My um, definitely my opinion on this week three was that it was definitely a uh, entertaining week three. Yeah, it was. I would hope that you both agree. Yeah. Definitely a huge entertaining week three. Well, first first of all, we started off with the Thursday night game, uh, the 49ers and the Rams. Yeah, which shouldn't have been a game. That, that That's like the no. boringest game of all time. Should have been, yeah. And there was like 80 total points scored in that game. Yeah, it was unbelievable. I was sitting here, I uh, had the game on, I was just kind of like doing some other shit in the background, I wasn't really paying attention, I was watching, you know, I'd check the score and watch here and there, a couple plays, whatever, but I wasn't expecting it to be any crazy game, and all of a sudden I sit on the couch and all of a sudden I just realized, holy shit, it's, like, what was it, 41 to 39, and I was like, this is actually a game, this is like exciting as shit. Yeah, it was It was a great game, and I had Todd Gurley on, my, on one of my fantasy teams. Oh, so I did, how many points did he get? Uh, I think it was like thirty-two. Oh my gosh! Get, yeah, yeah, he had three touchdowns. Hell of yeah. a game. Two, two rushing, one, one receiving. Is that on uh, Yahoo League? Yes, that is on our family's league. Oh, okay. So it was like I was playing my. So it, it was a, it was a relatable thirty-two points to what my thirty-two points would be. Listen, listen to the yeah yeah. Listen to this though. During the draft, and we drafted, my wife was asking me. Who she should draft. And I told her Todd Gurley. And she didn't want to do it because last year she drafted Todd Gurley when I told her to. And he didn't do anything. And then she was paying for it. I'm so happy that he went off this week because it is so great. You can do that laugh in her face. Yes, exactly. <laughs> it was awesome. I loved it. So, our, well, now that we're already talking about our, our family's Yahoo League. Oh, yeah. Um it has gone completely up for me because of my running backs. I I drafted, you know, I had LaShawn McCoy and Jordan Howard. And I ended up, right now, I have LaShawn McCoy, Jordan Howard, Kareem Hunt, Carlos Hyde, Dalvin Cook. And it's unreal because pretty much, yeah, every single one of them last week went off. Went off. And I was just like, I could have played, I could have swapped people around, and it still would have been I'm in the, completely the same. I'm in this, uh, a very similar situation with my receivers. I have Amari Cooper, who's going to put up numbers almost every week. I got uh, Odell Beckham, who's going to put up numbers every week. I have... Um, just move in a little closer. Okay. I got... Uh, uh, Mike Evans, who's going to put up numbers almost every week. And I got Stefan Diggs, who has come out of nowhere. Dude. That he's going off. He's a freaking beast. Hold on, before you move on, did you see? They played the Bucks, right? Yes. All right. Did you see? Um, I don't know who the who the defensive player was, but when Stefan Diggs caught that pass and he ended up scoring on it, TJ and he kind of he kind of like shuffled into the end almost, zone, almost missed it. But the dude still tackled him. Yeah. And then I didn't see the whole thing because I only saw a replay. But it looked like the dude started punching the ball. Or something? Did he yeah. do that? Yeah, that was T.J. Ward. He he was he was he chased him down, which 
which leads me to my next thing here, uh, just getting off real, off the fantasy real quick. Um, did you guys see the Chicago Bears game against the Steelers where the guy ran the – they blocked a kick. He picked it up on the run. It bounced up right into his arms. It couldn't happen any better. This guy's like a defensive back, and some guy chases him down for the Steelers, and he is like walking into the end zone, and the Steelers player strips the ball from him, and the uh, punter is able to like swat it out of bounds, touchback. Steelers, no no points. It was as time was expiring in the second in the in the uh, in the first half. I was gonna say was that that was in the first half. Yeah, it was. I right saw the second half, half of the game, but I didn't see the first. Yeah, half. yeah. I, I didn't. I heard about that. How did I, I not see, see that? On any, I would assume oh, that it would was be everywhere that day, that right when it happened. I don't know how I didn't see that because I I watched. Um, well, I'll I'll tell you about it. Um, I I watched it on my way home from Indianapolis, but I'll tell yeah. you about that. Um. But what were we talking about? The uh, fantasy. You, yeah. Did you win this week, well, Theron? Yes, I, I beat my wife, and it was fantastic. Was you played your wife? It was all because of Todd Gurley. What was I won it? because of Todd Gurley. What was your uh, score? Um, it was it was not very high, but hold on. Let me check real quick. Did you guys win? Oh, yeah. Benny. Went to 3-0, and took, took first place. Uh, Jordan. Oh, did you? Oh, yeah, Jordan was also the other 3-0. and Jordan... Kayla and you were the undefeated teams left. Mm-hmm. So you won. I won also. I played my wife. Oh, nice. The week and, of the lives. Yeah. But you know what's funny, though? I play your wife this week. I started off uh, Thursday night. I had Sammy Watkins, and I had uh, 22 points from him, which is pretty good for a receiver. You started him? Yeah. I had, I had 22 points from him, and I told my wife that, and she was like, I mean, you know how she is. She's yeah. Like, freaks out about that stuff. But she, she saw that she was like, "Oh no!" But actually, I was pretty impressed with her lineup because I was up at one point on uh, Sunday. She had a lot of guys playing at four twenty-five or four oh five or whatever. Yeah. So she had a pretty low score. She was at um. Uh, let's see. It was like one one ten or one oh six to like. Like sixty eight or something like that. She ended up coming back though. I won uh, one sixteen to one oh six. So it wasn't a total blowout, but it was pretty funny because there was no way she only she had Phil Dawson left, yeah. and I was up by uh, I was up by eight points, but I still had a kicker to play too. So I, it wasn't uh, very likely, but she got pretty excited with the with where it was standing, and yeah. I was like. You're not gonna win. It's not gonna happen. Yeah. Was she looking at that percentage thing on her on the Yahoo app? Yeah, she looks. I keep telling her every week. I'm like, do you realize that the projected points mean nothing? Yeah. You could you could have a third stringer that you have to start for the week, and your projected points are gonna go down. Well, Todd Gurley was projected twelve point nine six, and he got thirty two point nine. Exactly. It mean nothing. Exactly. That's that's what I was trying to tell her is that the projected points don't mean anything because. You could have somebody that just has a hell of a game that week, or you could have, or you could have somebody that's projected like twenty something points and they have a shitty game. Tom Brady, my first week was projected like twenty six points and he got me, I think, fifteen. So anything can happen. That, that's what I love about fantasy. Yeah, it's 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 great. Like whoever invented this is a genius. Yeah, but, seriously. Um, our score was eighty six to sixty three, but it was close the entire time until. Um, let's see. How. 
Well, you had Todd Gurley Thursday night. Todd Gurley Thursday night already put me at 32, 32.9 That's a pretty prompt. If you have a Thursday night game and you have 35 points after it, you're in a pretty good yeah. position for the week. <laughs> but I did not start Stefan Diggs. Oh. He got 29.3 points oh in this league. Oh, my gosh. And in my other league, he got, uh, I think, 23 points because it's a lower-scoring league. I didn't start him in both of them. In the, uh, the other league... I lost by 19 points. If I would have started Stefan Diggs, which I have been all year, you would have won by 10. I would have won by by two points. Oh my gosh! And I would have been three and zero. All right, so I was working some numbers around with my team because of how much my bench scored, and five of my bench players, majority are running backs, they put up 113 points. Holy five shit. of my bench five players. of your bench players. Yeah, Kareem, uh, Russell Wilson, thirty-three. Yeah, Jordan Howard, twenty-six. Yep. Sterling Shepard, nineteen. Oh Devontae gosh, Parker, thirteen. Dude. Dalvin Cook, twenty-two. And then I didn't even factor in uh, Galladay for the Detroit because he put up two. So five of my players, five of my bench players, outscored seven of my starters that I played. Was that in our league? Yeah. I put up 124 points. I, I, and I saw my points, and I was like, I have to be the highest scorer this week. And I looked at it, and I was like, there's two people outscored me. Yeah. Well, if I would have played Russell Wilson, if I, because I, that was a last-minute switch, he that would have been another 15 points. Who's your other quarterback? Stafford. Okay. That's, see, you're, you're in a good situation. Yeah. So I, I, my other league that uh, Benny and I are in um, – I started Alex Smith over Marcus Mariota because Marcus Mariota was playing the, the Seahawks. So, you know, I mean, Seahawks defense, they're good. Marcus Mariota. They didn't play Seahawks this week. Titans? No. Oh, oh they did. Yeah, they did. Yeah. <coughs> no, they did. But, yeah. yeah. And, and the Chiefs were going up against the uh, Chargers. And Alex Smith had two touchdowns in, like, the first five minutes of the game. I was like, oh, my gosh, this is going to be great. I was going up against the, the, the guy I was playing at Tom Brady who had 38 points in that league. And, uh, and so I started Alex Smith. He only got me uh, 14 or 15 points. I mean, Mark's really only got me 17. But my biggest hit to my team that, that this week, the Ravens defense. Oh, my gosh, dude. Destroyed by the Jaguars. Absolutely bent over. That was unbelievable. I know. that. Um, well, I didn't know this, but – the uh the that that was in London, right? Yes. Um, the Jaguars are always a home team at London. And the um uh Yahoo streamed that for free. Yeah. I didn't know that. I Last was, year it was Twitter that did it. Oh, really? Yeah, Twitter oh, used yeah, to have the games. That. Twitter used to have the games that you could watch them on your phones and on your tablets whatever. But this year they had Yahoo doing it. Yeah, cuz I saw um Yahoo streamed it for free and then there's another game I watched this weekend that um YouTube was streaming. I don't know if it was, like, I'm pretty sure it was a free stream. Live stream? Yeah, live stream. Yahoo live streamed it. And uh, there was somebody else that was streaming it. Uh, there was another game they were going to stream. I can't remember who it was, but that was two kind of, like, aside from cable that actually streamed a live game like that to where you can watch it for free, which is pretty cool. The, I, I like the Yahoo one for free because that was anybody can get a hold of it. And then being able to watch the game in London was pretty cool. I didn't really have much time to watch it on – that was – what day was it? Was that Sunday morning? Most likely. 
No. Was, there wouldn't have been any games. I think it was Friday night, actually. I watched it when I was in, in uh, Indianapolis. I don't know. I didn't, it was, I didn't watch it. It might have been... I don't remember what day it was. Probably Sunday morning because it was early. It was early because yeah, was, they usually that's yeah. a, usually a ten o'clock here. Yeah, it was early. It was early because it was what day was the uh, um, Jags Ravens game? That was Sunday morning. It was nine. Okay, yeah, yeah. Right, it was Sunday morning because I I turned it on Yahoo for a little bit while I was like waiting to go do whatever you're gonna do. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that I like that that they stream those like that. Because, I mean, anybody can get a hold of them. Yeah. Yeah. You can watch it on pretty much any device that you have, which is awesome. Yeah, that's – it's it's very convenient. Um, but, all right, let me let me tell you about my Indianapolis experience because it was right. So, are we going to talk about the – does that mean we're talking awesome. about the Browns culture? Yeah, we, yeah, it's part of it. Um, first of all, on – well, I got to watch a little bit of the Jags-Ravens game Sunday morning, which wasn't really entertaining at the time I was watching it. But um, the I got I got to go to Lucas Oil Stadium, coolest freaking stadium in the world. You know they do like the NFL Combine and everything at the Lucas Oil Stadium. Like that's where that's where the draft, the whole draft uh, um, process starts. Oh, I did not Lucas know it was at Lucas Oil, yeah. but uh, that place is awesome. Mm-hmm. They had the the roof closed because it was like 93 degrees that day, so they closed the roof and they had the air conditioning going on, and when you go in there, it's it's kind of it's kind of hard to take in how big it is because you think there's a there's a hundred yard football field in the center of this thing, but around it there's I don't know how many it seats, but probably another hundred yards going up each side. There's a shitload of people in there, yeah. and the craziest thing is it's all brick. The outside of it is all brick. Is it really? So whoever built it, I mean, those people were I, I can't even imagine like the scaffolding that was put up. To build that and all that kind of shit, and then you can see like um, on Saturday night we went to a restaurant on the top of our hotel, and it you could see the top of Lucas Oil, and you can see where the beams come down on the side where the roof slides open, mm-hmm. so where it slides down onto, coolest thing in the world. And then when you walk in there, it's got like the main level, and then there's you know there's like the three decks of where you can sit, and then actually I think there's four. There's four that go up to where you can sit. And then um, there's like a Bud Light, uh, like a, it's like a club kind of. You like take this escalator up and it's like the Bud Light Club. And it's just like everybody kind of stands around there. There's like a bar up there and it overlooks the field from the, it'd be like the, I, don't know, I think it was the Colts side of the end zone where, like, where it says Colts. And, but it was awesome. It was an awesome stadium. And the coolest thing is, Indianapolis is really an awesome city. And never been. It's well, it's really like it's clean, and it's not like I mean, if you go to New York, obviously it's much bigger. But if you look, like if you if you go to somewhere like New York and you're surrounded by skyscrapers and stuff, they're there. Like there's a lot of tall buildings there and stuff, so you know you're in the middle of a city. But when you walk around, it's kind of it almost seems like it's like a suburb kind of city. But it's still really populated, and they have a lot of awesome shit going on. They had um, right next to the stadium. We were on our way to a sports bar before the game, and um, they had a uh, 
it was like all gated off and they had like a radio show going on there they had like the games you know like outside of the stadium they usually have like the like cornhole games and stuff like that they had all that stuff going on they had um car dealership booths set up and like sponsors and all kinds of shit like that but it was it was really cool it was a really cool experience for a weekend of football and then um i do want to we went to this bar it's called uh brothers bar and grill coolest sports bar i've ever been to in my life it was huge and there's like the bar the actual bar was like the whole length of the building and then they have just tables set up outside of it but then there's three garage doors that open up and it goes to an outside portion and when they're all opened up the outside portion is open so it's just the beams that go between buildings that was the, that was the roof there was no actual roof over it so it was all lit up they had cornhole out there they had like a like a patio set up they had some chairs set up and tables and shit like that they weren't like normal bar tables and um, the they had like a a guy on the end with this massive grill and he's just grilling wings and burgers and shit. It was just it was the coolest sports bar I've ever been to in my life. That's that's sweet. My uh, my goal in life is to go to every major college football stadium and every NFL stadium. Yeah, that's I was I was telling my wife that after I went to that I was like it'd be really cool to go like travel the country and visit. Uh, different i i prefer like either uh nfl stadiums or mlb um stadiums but it was it was awesome yeah that that would be that'd be a blast it's just to see other things like that you know like as much as i hated going to uh pittsburgh for your bachelor party it was so cool just being like right there at heinz field and seeing that when we walked into jerome Bettis's restaurant yeah you know, I, I, I want nothing to do with Heinz Field ever in my life. I will never step foot in that place. But standing outside of it and looking at it, I'm like, wow, this is this is awesome. You got to like have you ever been in Heinz Field? Did, did you not hear what I just said? Do, do you need me to speak closer to the mic? I didn't know. You will never catch my ass inside of Heinz Field. Why? I've been in the Brown Stadium. You would you go? I don't care. Would you go to Heinz Field for Brown Steelers? I will never step foot in Heinz Field. I'm just I'm trying to find your uh, where you sweat. If it was an AFC Championship game and the winner was going to the Super Bowl, it, actually that wouldn't even happen. That wouldn't even happen because they'd already play. They would have already played for divisional divisional purposes. So you never. So step foot I will never step foot in Heinz Field. What if What if something happens to the Brown Stadium? They will never play in Pittsburgh. <laughs> and the closest stadium by default is Pittsburgh. They go to Pittsburgh to play one of their home. No, they go to play the AFC Championship. Not even against the Steelers, but they're using their stadium. Are you gonna go? I will never step foot inside of Heinz Field. All right, well, you can, take, in my life. you can take me and Benny's words for it that Heinz Field is pretty damn cool. I'm sure it is pretty cool. I mean, it looks cool on TV, but I will never step foot in Heinz Field. I don't know how many times I have to tell you that. It's not going to happen. A few more times. I will never, ever, ever step foot into Heinz Field. What if the Browns' Super Bowl was held at Heinz Field? I will never step foot into Heinz Field. I'll go to a bar outside of it. But I will never step field and step foot inside of. <laughs> You'll never Heinz step field. field inside of foot Heinz Field. Shut your ass. So, you're telling me that if the Browns were in the Super Bowl 
in the home of the Super Bowl that year was in Heinz Field, he wouldn't go. I would, I would probably step foot into Heinz Field. <laughs> that's what I was, that's so what we you're found your weak spot. At, so. Yeah, if they're in the Super Bowl playing in Heinz Field, you might catch me there. If not, I'll be outside of it. I'll probably be peeing on a on some sort of thing that enters into it. So moral of the story is you you won't step foot in Heinz Field. I will never step foot into Heinz Field. Unless the Browns are playing Super Bowl there. Unless the Browns are playing the Super Bowl. Not against the Steelers. That's Which would never happen anyways. <laughs> but uh, the, other, the only other part of the uh, Indianapolis trip is actually there's two parts. First of all, all three of us are Parks and Rex fans, correct? Yes, sir. Very much so. Yep. All right. Do either one of you recall the episode where – they have their bachelor party for each individual guy. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And Andy's is and then, yeah, played with the Colts and yeah. Andrew Luck yeah. and Reggie Wayne were there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, we went to St. Elmo's Steakhouse, which is where Ron decided to have his bachelor party at. I, did, I didn't remember that from the show. And then we were Your talking about it. Your brother-in-law told you, didn't he? Well, yeah, he did tell me. He, he knows all that mm-hmm. stuff. But we were talking about it. And, like, I, I mean, I realized when I was there that that's what the case was. But uh, me and the wife watched that episode when we got back. It was the weirdest thing in the world because the, they filmed the front of that place in the sign. And I was, like, the night before I was there. And, uh, but we went. Best steak I've ever had in my life. Never wore it. Very Ron Swanson. It was, and I had a glass of whiskey with it. That's very Ron Swanson. I went full Ron Swanson hey, for my hey, visit. I, you have to. There's nothing wrong like that. with that. That's, yeah, that's fantastic. You'll appreciate this. Well, I'm a whiskey drinker anyways. Yeah. And I, it wasn't just, I was like, I need to be like Ron Swanson and have some whiskey. I actually, yeah. I went down the list and I picked out a whiskey that I've never had. What'd you have? Uh, Booker's. Okay. It was fantastic. Yeah. It was one of my favorite whiskeys so far. But um, when we got in there, they told us 20 minutes before we got there that the whole Browns team was there for dinner. Are you kidding and they, got, they just left right before we got there. If we, it actually, we were trying to figure out if we could get in there or not. The only reason we got in is because one of the, the girls that was in our group with us, um, she is a beer distributor, and she sells to um, one of the guys that works there. So she went up, and he was working. And she went in and she said, hey, uh, we have 11 people. Is there any possibility that we can get a table? And she was in there. We could see her through the window. We were like, oh, we're all standing outside waiting for her. And she goes in. She's talking to the guy. And she comes back out and she goes, all right, hey, my 11, let's go. And we were like, no freaking way. Wow. And they took us right in, took us all the way down to the ground floor, and we had our own table in the corner. And it was awesome. That's that's pretty sweet. That would be that would have been my favorite part of that whole trip if I would have went. If I would have been. There. It was my favorite part by far. Was, that's awesome. It was well. I, I that was my favorite part, but Lucas Oil was pretty damn cool to see too. But uh, the funniest thing was the when they said about the Browns players being there. But we were sitting at the table, and my brother-in-law, who's like massive sports fan, which you both know that, but he is a massive sports fan. And he was saying, if we would have, if I would have paid attention when I walked in here, there were probably ESPN analysts eating there. There were probably like tons of people that were involved in the game the next day that would have been there that he didn't pay attention to. Oh, for sure. Somebody was there because there was an Audi R8 sitting out front, and that's not a cheap car. So somebody that was sitting out front of there, 
or that yeah, car that, that was parked out in front of there was somebody inside that restaurant. But I mean that that place has been famous for years. I think I think on the sign it says famous since 1902. And what's it called again? San Elmo Steakhouse. San Elmo Steakhouse. Um. I didn't, I didn't think we were going to go. I, I thought there was no, no possibility of us getting in there because we called Saturday morning to find out about going, and the, the earliest opening they had was 10.30 at night. <laughs> and we went at 9.30 and ended up just getting in on a whim. So it was awesome. Without even, she didn't even have to flash the dude. Yeah. No, it was just She was able to keep all parts inside yeah. of her clothes. And- <laughs> And, and no, uh, if you do this, I'll do this. <laughs> it was just you know what's crazy, though? When you see, like, when you look at the building from the outside, it doesn't look that big, but it goes down three separate flights of stairs. Like, we walked in, we went down one flight of stairs. We walked through another floor. We went down another flight of stairs. And then we walked to, all the way to the back to our table. And I got to say, our, our waiter was the coolest dude in the entire world. I've never had a better waiter. He was awesome. That's what happens to good restaurants. Yeah. Good waiters. Yeah. But um, then the, the other thing was I was blown away the whole time we were on our way home. Five years ago, not even five years ago, two years ago, it would have been impossible to watch football games on the road on a Sunday afternoon and be able to watch the entire game start to finish. So we watched – the rest of the uh, Browns-Colts game and the rest of the Steelers-Bears game on our way home. Basically like watching an HGTV. And then um, once those are over, we watched the almost the entire game of the uh, Packers-Bengals, which we ended up getting home when there was like five minutes left, so I didn't even see the ending of it, which I was pretty disappointed. <laughs> yeah. That was part of the great week of football. Yeah. I mean, could anyone, could anything top that 61-yard field goal by the Eagles kicker, though, to win the game as time? Oh, yeah, and he's a rookie, too. And he's a rookie. Yeah. Which, I, that's probably the most impressive thing of the week. That's unbelievable. 61-yarder? Well, have you that hasn't happened since, what, Janikowski? Yards. Mm, he's a lot. I don't, I don't even know, but that's well, just Well, isn't the record in the NFL that's 63? Yeah. Yeah. I'm pretty sure it's 62 or 63 yards. So, 61 yards is But if you watch that thing, that thing was probably good from like 60. Oh, oh absolutely. He had, he had a good two or three yards of clearance on the bottom post of that thing, no problem. Oh, yeah. That was crazy. Um, and then he got carried off the field. Yeah. It was the biggest moment of his That's life. That's the best thing that ever happened to a kicker. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, shit, what was I going to say? Oh, I did. I I didn't realize this, but Aaron Rodgers, when they played the Bengals, he had beaten every single team in the NFL except for the Bengals. So the, so whether or not they won that game was literally a historical moment in Aaron, Aaron Rodgers' career. And then they ended up winning, right? I didn't even see the end of the game. I honestly don't know. I think the Packers ended up winning. Yeah, they, they did end up winning. I'm pretty sure they won. Uh, I don't remember the score, but I remember hearing that they did win. But um, that's pretty crazy. His, I mean, how many years has Aaron Rodgers been in the, in the league? Quite a while. Probably 
seven years. He's like 30 years old, so yeah. Probably about seven years. And beat every team in the NFL except for the Bengals. The freaking Bengals. Brown's got the Bengals this week. The battle of the 0 and 3s. The winner goes in third place in the division. You know, it depends on how they play, though. It, it really, do, I mean, obviously it depends on how they play, but I'm just saying. Who, the Bengals? Both teams. From their own three stand that you have. The Browns should have won this weekend. Minus a few mistakes, the Browns could have won this weekend. That's, they should have and they could have. The Browns could have beat the Steelers. They should have. Week one. Yeah. They could have beat the Steelers. They had the opportunity to beat the Steelers. Well, that's, they, got, they got their ass kicked in by the Ravens. Yeah, but the Browns could be two and one. Right my now. point is that the Browns, their first, their first week and their third week, have shown a performance good enough to not have an awful season or a one in fifteen. Season. Yeah. So I'm, I'm, my like with the Colts. I, I mean the Colts are not a good team, and with them, like them losing twenty one to eighteen. I think that was the final score, 21-18. The Browns, Colts, 31-28. Yeah. Um, Browns can put points up this year. They're, well, 20, they're, they're showing they can put points that's up. That's my point is the Bengals are not a spectacular team. I don't know what happened with the Packers, but they should not. Have, it should not have been that close of a game. Yeah, I agree. So with the state that the Bengals are in and the state that the Browns are in, it really like it could be a toss-up either way. If the if the Bengals show up to perform and they play like they did against the Packers, the Bengals are going to destroy them. If the Browns show up and they play like they did against the Steelers, they have a good chance of having a decent week and either making it a really good game or coming out with a pretty decent win. Yeah. So, what the hell you got going on over there? I want to watch that kick. That's it. We're going to have to wait for a minute. I'm all right. Did, did you, uh, your dolphins? your dolphins? I didn't Dolphins. see anything about that. I, I didn't see. They're not doing too good. Who'd they play? No, they're not. Who'd the Dolphins play? I forget. Hmm. I, I forget, too. Do you have the score? Yeah, I'm going to pull the scores up because I want to see if there are any other close no, games. No, it wasn't. It was a bad team. Nine, no, it wasn't the Niners. No. Yeah, you should have had your scores up. What are you doing? Um. All right, let's see here. We got uh, – oh, let me go a different, different setup here. Go to scores. Um, all right, so it was the Jets. Oh, the Jets. Yeah, they should have never beat the Jets. Josh McCown had quite a day. They should have beat the Jets? Or they, they should have definitely beat the Jets. Yeah, they definitely should have beat the Jets. The Jets suck. Yeah, they're, they're terrible. But what was, what was this? Oh, 20 20 to 6? Holy shit. Yeah. What happened there? Well, that's, that's they're not, Jay Cutler. They're not there. playing well. Jay Cutler ain't working out. And, I mean, Jay Devontae Jai's Parker not, didn't do horrible. Jay Ajayi, he's not doing, he's not doing he's anything like he did last year. I mean, it hasn't even been close to what he was doing I could have told you that from my fantasy scores. Do you have Jay Ajayi? Yeah. He's shitting the bed. There's, there's a shit stain running down my fantasy screen every time I open it. I believe and it's it. coming right from Jay Jai's name. Yeah. I, I couldn't believe it. I believe it. <laughs> I got on there and I was like, all right, sweet. I got Jay Jai playing right now. I got whoever. I don't remember who else I was counting on. 
but he's not performing for a top five running back in fantasy. No, absolutely not. I mean, I mean, before it was uh, David Johnson, Le'Veon Bell, um, Ezekiel Elliott, and I think Jay Ajayi was like right there. Oh yeah, he was he was way up at the top. Well, he played what five games last year. Uh, no, he played, he played more, more than, than that. that. Yeah, he, I think he just like didn't come on until he didn't play a full season. But he had those two games where it was he had the potential to break that record for what yeah. three hundred yard games in a row or something like that. Mm-hmm. And I don't did he end up getting that? I don't even remember if he. I don't, I don't think, think so. he got it. But um, after that performance, I thought okay, he definitely has good skills as a running back at the base, so he should be somebody that's a force to be reckoned with with the upcoming season. If they can rely on him from his performance the season before to really show them the next season what he's actually like if he plays a full season. Not working out. No, absolutely not. Um, but the uh, – well, we didn't really talk much about the uh, Steelers-Bears game. That was an unbelievable disappointment. It was. I caught – I caught the – I watched some of the second half, and then I caught the, the overtime, um, the touchdown. Who was it? Jordan Howard went off. Yeah. He had a hell of a game. Which, and not to take away from him being a good running back, but I think this, well, yeah, he's for fantastic. whatever reason, the Steelers' defense was complete garbage this weekend. He Jordan Howard had that the touchdown to win it in overtime, right? Yeah. Yes. And he he basically, it was an easy touchdown. It was easy for him. It shouldn't have been an easy touchdown. It should have been. I know it was an easy touchdown. Yeah, yeah. They gave up an easy touchdown. Yeah, it was like fifteen yards. It was longer than that. Really? It was like twenty-three yards, I think. Yeah. And he, I mean, basically the whole left side of the field was completely open. Which I mean, T.J. Watt was out this weekend, so I'm wondering if that had any. I mean, that's one guy, but there are a couple other ones out, too. But I don't think anybody that... Stephon Tuitt? I don't think he... his name? Stephon I don't think he was out. I thought he was injured. I don't know. Could, could, be, could be my... Uh, could be my Madden franchise league where he's out. I could be collaborating. Well, all right, either, either way, the Steelers being able to stop the run game... Should not have been affected by T.J. Watt being yeah, Their secondary was supposed to be the issue, yeah. and not their not their front seven. No. And it was it was a mess. <laughs> yeah, I couldn't. I I was at that Browns Colts game, and I was sitting there watching the Steelers game on my phone and getting the updates from it. And well, for for like the first quarter of the Browns Colts game, I wasn't watching it. I was just getting the updates, and I thought I saw seven nothing. I was like, oh, cool, the Steelers scored. And then I looked at it, and I was like. The freaking Bears scored. How the hell did they score already? It was like 13 minutes left in the, in the first quarter. Yeah. I was like, how the hell did they score already? And then from then on, I mean, it, I, I'm thinking, okay, maybe they just gave up a stupid touchdown or whatever. Nope. 17-7. So it just kept going. I was sitting there, like, melting in my seat because I was so pissed. Yeah. Was it that hot? And you were at a Browns game. I was at a Browns game, which was funny because the guys behind us, they had, it, it might have been a bachelor party, but there were like four Browns fans and four Colts fans. Or like four Browns fans and two Colts fans at the end or something like that. But they were just talking shit to each other the whole time, which was hilarious. What was your apparel to I was just going to say, what did you wear? I was trying I was trying to wear a Steelers shirt. 
But I did. Yeah, you mentioned that no, last well, week. Listen, I wore a Steelers shirt the first night in Indianapolis. I went to the bars in it, and I got shit from her family immediately. As soon as I walked in, her aunt came up and was like, oh, hi, and was hugging everybody. And she goes, I'm not even going to hug you in that shirt. And I was like, good, fair enough. You deserved it. But I decided to just go, I went neutral gray. All right. At the, at the, I figured that would be what I you brought. Wear. I brought my uh, Under Armour shirt that was blue and white. I really considered wearing that. I should have, now that I think of it. But I'm really disappointed in myself that I didn't. <laughs> I went neutral gray. So if anybody saw me from the back, they could, they could think, oh, that's a brown shirt. Actually, it was the same color as my mother-in-law's shirt, which was a brown shirt. So somebody could have just seen it from the back and thought, oh, all right. Browns fan down there. Yeah, yeah. Which hurts me to even say that. Does it? You're both closet Browns. I'm not. I'm both. Not He's the one that's always hitting towards no, it. No. You know what? You know what I am. I'm. I'm a football fan. No, I'm a talent evaluator. If there's somebody, if there's a team, a talent evaluator. Listen, if the Browns team has talent and they're going to win some games this year, I'll give them credit if they win the games because they have the talent to win them. That's all there is to it. A talent evaluator. So you're a scout is what you're telling me. Are you hired as a no. scout for no, anybody? Free agent scout. Free agent scout. <laughs> I'm a free so you scout free agents? No, or you do it freelance. That's what you were free looking for. Freelance. Freelance scout. That's the correct wording. Freelance okay. scout. What do you do with the uh, knowledge you gather? Um, I just talk to them and be nice to them. <laughs> <laughs> No, but uh, what were we talking about before that? Your freelance career as an NFL scout. No, 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 no. Before that. Oh, St. Elmo's? Are there any other impressive schools? No, that was way long ago. <laughs> I'm hungry. The, 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 we, we could talk about how the Falcons are not in a Super Bowl lag right now. They are 3-0. and Where is the – let me let me find that. Uh, da, 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 da. Texans-Patriots game was a, was a shootout. I didn't see the Texas-Patriots game, but I did see – well, that's why Tom Brady got me 35 points on my fantasy because yeah. of that. And, Five touchdowns. Oh, that's what I was going to say earlier when we were talking about fantasy. Brandon Cooks would have been the uh, – the pickup for the week. Yeah, he did well. He had, I th- probably, I think, close to thirty points. Pickup. Ain't nobody picking up Brandon. I mean, okay, he would have been the uh, start of the week. Yeah, he would have been the start of the week. Um, yeah, thirty-six, thirty-three. That'd have been a damn good game. I wish I could have watched that. Raiders looked like shit against the the. Yeah. That was bad. That was real bad. That was garbage. Looked like they might looked like they might have been trying to throw the game. The Raiders? Yeah, like the play calling was awful. Is this another conspir- no. sports conspiracy? It, it could be a sports conspiracy. Why would they throw the game, though? I don't know. That's a great question. Some underground team bullshit there. Yeah. Huh. But they look like dog yeah, shit. Yeah, they did. And I, uh, is, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't think the Redskins are any team that's supposed to be top of the league. Middle of the road. Yeah, they're like middle of the road kind yeah, of teams. So definitely not somebody that the Raiders, who the Raiders. Yeah, they ain't the Browns, but they also ain't the Patriots. I'm gonna make I'm gonna make, I'm gonna make a bold <laughs> prediction here. Actually, I think I made this prediction once already, but I think the Chiefs might win the Super Bowl this year. I think I think the, I think the Chiefs are a legit team. Alex Smith is having a the a season probably the best of his career so far, and uh, they're they're just looking good. Even though they lost Eric Berry in the secondary, I think that you know that Sorensen guy that's in there for him, he's he's pretty freaking good. Like they're they're a good team. 
I would be. And they got a good run game. And they got a great run game. Yeah. I would be. Tyree Kill is coming in as a receiver. Like he was supposed to be just like a special teams player and like a one of those um, hybrid guys that you kind of put anywhere to to just get the ball in his hands. He's becoming a, a real good number one receiver for the Chiefs. I. That's probably the best setup you can have as an NFL team is when you have guys that, like you just said, supposed to be a special teams player. Those are the those are the guys that perform the best. Those are the ones that are out there trying to prove their position, and they're trying to make a name for themselves in the NFL and really have a, a show-off week or a show-off season. And then you have them come out, and they outperform everybody who's supposed to be already considered to be the best players in the league. I think that's that's the recipe for a best team in the league. Yeah. Which uh, the Chiefs would be the last one I'd expect that to happen. I'll tell you what, with, I mean, Kareem Hunt is projected 17 this week. And for a running back, that's ridiculous. That's, that's insane. They're playing Washington. They're usually like nine. So he's obviously going to be in my starting lineup this week. He's, he's good. Um, you know who I'm extremely disappointed in, though, right now is uh, Adrian Peterson. Yeah. He's terrible. He is bad. You know, I, I, and I questioned when he first signed with the Saints. I questioned it because, like, why would you sign with a team that is so pass heavy? Because you got Drew Brees as a quarterback and good, good um, receivers. Why would you sign with a with a team that you know they they go three running backs every year, running back by committee. So, so why wouldn't you go to a team where maybe the run game is going to be a little bit heavier? Like they kind of rely on the on the run game. They don't. The Saints don't rely on the run game. Mm-mm. They re, they rely on running the ball when they need to, passing the ball as much as they can. So Adrian Peterson, uh, just letting you know out there. I know you NFL players have have come out and said that you don't give a shit about fantasy teams. Well, Adrian Peterson, your ass is about to be cut. I'm not sure if it's going to be cut. If you're going to be cut from my team first, or if you're going to be cut from the Saints first, but you're about to. Be <laughs> Why would they not give a shit about fantasy teams? Fantasy football is probably one of the biggest draws for people to watch the NFL in the first place. Yeah. And that's, and, that's, and that's that's a good portion of their salary right there. They should be more worried about fantasy teams and uh, than and their and their fantasy value than they should be about taking these knees that they're taking uh, before the anthem or during the anthem and whatnot. Well, we'll, we'll talk about that in a second. But yeah, ugh. yeah ugh, pretty much is what it's all about. But if you okay, fantasy directly would not be something that contributes to their salary. But the amount of people that would spend money to go to a game or spend money to watch a game, I would say a majority of those people are going to tune in for that game or go to that game because of their fantasy. One of the reasons I was the most pumped to go to the Colts-Browns game was to watch T.Y. Hilton play because I had him on my fantasy team. And he had a hell of a game. He had a great And me not being a Browns fan at a Browns game is what made me excited to be there. So, even though it's not directly connected to how they make their money or how they're uh, entertaining everybody, that's a big part of their their setup as NFL players. Well, and for my wife, too, who has recently gotten into fantasy football, I think this is her second year in it, 
she didn't care to go for games before this. She would, you know, she's like, you know, I, I'd rather just sit at home, watch it. You know, we can flip around the channels, watch other games and whatnot. But now that she's in fantasy football. She wants to watch all of them? She's got Isaiah Crowell. Like, she's got, she wouldn't mind going to three different Browns games this year. Whereas before that, she didn't give a shit. Fantasy is life-changing. It is. And these guys are out here saying they don't care about fantasy. Well, you want fans at your, and, and, and to fill up your seats, you know, you should probably start caring about a little fantasy, huh? I, I'm surprised that anybody's ever said that, to be honest. Because that is a, I mean, I, 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 I mean, I don't know any numbers specifically, but I'd be willing to bet that mm, 65% of NFL fans are as big of NFL fans as they are because of fantasy. Yeah. Maybe more. What? Fantasy is I'm just laughing because you're that, like, you took that number out of complete thin air. Well, I'm just going by, like, 65%. Okay, I'm going by. Roll with it. No, I'm just, I'm just guessing. Going by. How many people I know that play fantasy? I'm not. And how I'm not much more exciting? The number. I'm just. It's, it's funny how you how you got there. Well, I, I didn't want to go too high. I didn't want to say like 90. 65 is pretty high. 65 is high, but it's not too high. A safe number would have been 50 percent. No, because it's not half and half. I I definitely think over half of NFL fans are as big of NFL fans there because of fantasy. I would consider myself one of them. I love watching the Steelers. But also, with a lot of other teams, I can't get myself to sit down and watch That's a whole bold. game. Usually, usually, I, I, I would say I would have to agree with that because I will watch the Browns at one o'clock every week. But I, a lot of times, I would just use like the four twenty-five games as I'd watch it laying down yeah, like and then I'd fall asleep. I fall asleep. Yeah. Yeah. But now. I'm into that because, you know, now if you have a 425 game, you're like, okay, well, maybe my opponent has played most of his games at the 1 o'clock games or the Thursday night game, and now I got uh, I got an up because I got three guys playing at 425 now. It gives you a reason to tune in. It gives me a reason to tune in. Exactly. So, NFL players, if you're listening, you should probably care about fantasy. Yeah, It's important. Care more about fantasy. It's important to us fans. The ones that and also, contribute money to pay your salary. And also, NFL players, if you're listening, we'd love to have you on for an interview. <laughs> um, that'd be that'd be good for business. Three minute drive at gmail.com. Send us an email. <laughs> you have one week. All right. Maybe yeah, two. Yeah, look forward to hearing Maybe from two me. weeks. Maybe two. <laughs> if not, we'll update you on the contacts there. Um, okay. I think we're all dreading talking about this, but there are things that need to be said because it is the biggest headline in sports news this week, and that is kneeling for the national anthem or not even showing up for it. But Your boys. No. Okay, well, we'll explain that. First of all, right up, I'm, I'm going to go right off the bat. The Steelers did not come out at all for the national anthem, and the reason for that was they decided that as a team they wanted to do something that was 100%. They had guys that wanted to kneel. They had guys that wanted to stand. They didn't want to have the team come out and do 25% kneeling, 25% standing, 25% sitting, whatever. They wanted to do – everybody did the same thing. That would be 33, okay. 33, and 33 That wasn't my point. Oh, okay. That would take you to 99%. The other half is doing cartwheels. <laughs> the other 1% is doing cartwheels. My point is – Whatever they did, they wanted it to be 100%. 100%. 100%. 100%. 100%. 100%. 100%. 100%. 100%. 100%. 100%. 100%. 100%. 100%. 100%. 100%. 100%. 100%. 100
so they decided the best thing to do was to stay in the locker room because that would be 100% of the team staying in the locker room. Well, Alejandro Villanueva decided that he needed to come out and stand there for the national anthem. And he's a veteran, which he yes, should Yes, he's done three tours in Afghanistan as an Army Ranger, so he's definitely seen some shit, and he's done some shit, and utmost respect for that. 100%. I mean... That's the, most That's the most credit I'll ever give a Steelers player in my entire life. Well, he started off at the uh, Eagles. I don't care where he started. So you can started. say he's, a, can say he's an Eagles player. He's a, he's a, he's no, Pennsylvania he football. He's not. You can say he was an Eagles player, and if you have to justify it that way as a Browns fan to idolize a Steelers player, then go for it. Closet Browns fan. What are you yep. talking about? You're, I'm trying to back him up on that. I'm giving him a way to justify it. Uh-huh. I, I'm, I'm still. I, you don't have to justify me because I told you that he is the most. That's the most respect I've given to a Steelers player ever. Well, anyways, in the only he came out, he stood up for that, and he had a press conference on Monday, uh, addressing the issue. Apologizing. He apologized because they decided as a team to do whatever they were going to do at 100, percent and him coming out didn't make it 100%. Went against that. Yes. But he did uh, explain that he talked to the leadership of the team. He talked to Ben and you know, I'm assuming yeah, Tomlin and whoever else, you know. Le'Veon Bell. Le'Veon and, you know. But um, when he talked to them, he told them that he wanted to go out. Charlie Batch. And say, yeah, Charlie Batch. <laughs> um, he went out and talked to them, or he told them that he wanted to go out and stand for the national anthem and Ben said yeah that's fine we'll be right behind you in the tunnel and when he went out there he didn't consult his other teammates and they told him that if he wanted to do that them being their his teammate even if they wanted to kneel they would have come out and stood with him for the national anthem so he apologized because he ruined the unity aspect of what they were going for and took it down to as an individual making a decision like that. So that's why he apologized. And I was actually really surprised to hear what he had to say is that he said he had wounded veterans texting him and his other veteran friends that were saying, you need to be out there to stand for that. And so he did. But what he said basically was that the guys that are veterans, he, he, he doesn't think that the kneeling for the National Anthem is offending them. He said that the guys that are veterans are proud that the people who decide to kneel for the National Anthem are, he doesn't think they're disrespecting them, but he thinks it's a good thing that the veterans that he knows, or just veterans in general, have given them the freedom to be able to do that. Which was a good point, but my whole thing, and I think all of our whole things on the whole situation, is why protest that way? Why kneel for the flag? That doesn't make any sense. That flag doesn't stand for police brutality. It doesn't stand for rights of these weird groups or whatever. Black people. Yeah, it doesn't. It doesn't stand for that. It's all about. That's what it's based on. Well, I, I said, I, I was talking to my wife about this the other day, and I said, as far as I'm concerned, there should be two separate parts of our country. There should be 
you're standing up for the people of the country and the land. I mean, if you you can go to several different places in America and be absolutely blown away by the land of it. It's beautiful. I mean, the Grand Canyon, Yosemite, uh, Yellowstone, Hawaii, all all these different places. They're absolutely beautiful. So, Texas. That's what that's what the national anthem stands for. Is the country itself. Not the government, the country itself. And then the veterans that protect it and the people that serve the country to continue for it to continue to be a free country. So when you're kneeling for the national anthem like that, all you're doing is disrespecting that aspect of it. If you want to protest the government, I'm 100% on board. Protest, protest the government all day. Well, that, that's what this has turned into, where it's become a it's become a battle between President Trump and these athletes who want to who can't stand him. So they are using the the things that. The government stands for, not necessarily the government stands for, but the government is causing problems with and kind of directing that towards the flag, whereas the flag has nothing to do with it. No, it does have nothing to do with it at all. And that's what that's what makes me the most upset about it is if you want to kneel for the flag, I don't think anybody that's kneeling for the flag is going, I hate veterans, I hate this country, I hate everything about America. I don't think that's what they're about. I think it's their way of protesting the government itself and Trump himself. But that's not the way to do it. Why disrespect the flag and our national anthem, which represents the people? Not the government, the people. Why protest that? For that reason. If you have something you want to protest, especially in the NFL, they're professional athletes. There is nothing that they'll say that's not going to get publicity. They can say whatever they want. You play your football game on Sunday, you're done, you leave the field, you have a press conference, and then you talk about what you want to say that you're protesting against. If you want to acknowledge the fact that police brutality is an issue or racism is an issue or you don't agree with what the president's doing, by all means, you can have a four-hour press conference and talk about that shit. But why do it for the national anthem? I don't understand that. That's what blows me away about it. And actually, while I was at the uh, Browns-Colts game, there was a guy, there was two rows in front of me, he came in for the national anthem. He stood there. He saluted the flag, the entire national anthem. And when it was over, he went, I can't support this shit. And he turned around and walked out and never came back. So he bought tickets for that game. He stood there, watched it, and then left. That was it. And he never came back. So, I mean, I, and I can imagine. Actually, I've seen, I'm sure both of you have seen on Facebook and all kinds of shit, the people that are burning all their gear. Because of the guys that are kneeling for the national anthem and stuff. And I think that there's people that are overreacting. No doubt. I think there's people that literally could not give a shit. But for the publicity uh, and, the, and the likes and whatnot on social media, they're making a big deal out of it. But I think in the long run, they don't actually give a shit. So that there's probably an uprising of all these fake-ass patriot people that don't actually care about it. But, but it's, I, I think it's just a disaster overall. It should, not, it should have nothing to do with the NFL by any means. 
this police officer, Brandon Tatum, came out with the video talking about, like he said he was finally putting his foot down about this, and he made a lot of good points. Like, you NFL players, you're not living in, in like, the typical American lifestyle. You have all the money that you could ever want. You got a great job playing football. And I know a lot of other places, you know, a lot of other jobs, they don't recommend you doing this kind of stuff. You know, bringing politics into the workplace. So because you got money and because you got power, you're using it and fighting towards something that I'm, I'm wondering if even... Half of them know what they're fighting for. It's like I said, it's turned into a battle between the government and these these rich people to to you know just bash everything about the United States when it's not about the flag or it's not about the the veterans and and and, and, and whatnot. But they're just they're, I think that these athletes are single-handedly destroying this country because they're kneeling for something that they're not even really sure what they're kneeling. Didn't Brandon Tatum specifically say they're doing this because it's trendy? Yes, yes, yes. That's those are the exact. That's an exact quote from him. Well, that's true. And imagine the poll that professional athletes have on, especially the younger generation. I mean, if you have a fifty, sixty-year-old guy that's watching an NFL game, he's probably not going to go. Oh well, maybe I should look into. The uh, police brutality and stuff like that. He's probably not going to do that. Younger generation? Absolutely will. And with the modern age of fake news and all this bullshit mainstream media, anybody could get on there easily and find things that support what they're looking for. And then there you go. You have one one person, ten people that are swayed forever on their... Um, their views of what the country stands for, you know, whatever people are kneeling for the national anthem. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't understand how. Okay, you have all this happening, and where are these race issues that you're talking about? It seems like every every person that. I mean, okay, okay, okay every, white every white person, person walking is walking around, around like they're on uh, uh, pins and needles because they're afraid that if they make the wrong move, it'll expose them as a racist. But like, what what is going on? Other than the other than the the you know the Charlottesville thing that was that was unnecessary and definitely didn't need to be you know the white supremacy thing, but. Like, like, like that, that, is that is an issue. An issue. What, else what else is an issue? Who's treating, who's treating you like, like, like shit? Like shit? Who's, who's pointed point out, out, point out a racist act, act and, and, and you know, I'll, I'm, 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 I'm like Ben Shapiro says all the time. I don't want to bring him in here because he's a huge political guy, but I will stand next to you if there's racism. If I'm seeing racism firsthand, I'll stand next to you and fight it. And I'm sure a lot of Americans would do the same thing. I think that's what most of the argument is for why these players should be able to kneel for the national anthem is because if they have the right and the freedom to be able to do that, then they should be able to do that. And I agree 100%. If they feel the need to protest something, they should be able to do it. I just think they should be in a different way. There's no reason to kneel for the national anthem. 
I mean, think about the people that wrote the national anthem. Those guys were not uh, government officials. They weren't people that were uh, intending to oppress Americans by any means. And not only that, but if you look at look at the development of countries all around the world, America's the best. We we've squashed our past shittiness faster and better than anybody in the entire world has. I mean, look at Germany. Look what happened in Germany during World War II with Hitler and the Nazis and, you know. In Germany now, outside of every home that a Jewish family lived in during that time, during the Holocaust, they have a plaque that's on the sidewalk and it has engraved the name of that Jewish family. So every time they walk outside, they see that and they think, oh, wow, this is what happened here. And they embrace it, but they've moved on from it. And Germany is a much better country than it was back in that time. So now we have people here that are dwelling on our shittiness, you know. And most of it is about, like, slavery. I mean, that's probably the biggest issue. Every other country who's a developed civilization has had slaves. I mean, look at any other country in the world. Not any other country, but most countries in the world. They've probably all had slaves at one point. And yeah, it, it took a little while when civilization was developing to realize that that was wrong. But it's it's done and over with. I don't understand. I really don't understand it. And the police brutality thing you were talking about earlier, the numbers on that, it's not even close to what people argue. It's it's not even... Uh, did you say more white people were killed than black people in police brutality? It, well, it said um, in police brutality cases, it was white people were killed two in close to three times more than black people were killed in police brutality cases. And there's also more black-on-black uh, black crime, black-on-white crime, than by a lot, than there is white-on-white crime and white-on-black crime. So, their arguments are completely irrelevant. Yes. 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 Because, because the but, facts but, and but numbers then, don't lie. Then they'll come at you and say that uh, there are blacks are the minority. So there's with more blacks being killed than whites due to the percentage of how many blacks there are in the minority number. It, it makes it well. Those stats are usually like per one hundred thousand people yeah yeah so you know what look at um there was a headline today i'm pretty sure this happened today saudi arabia just passed the law that allowed women to drive in their country to drive we are many moons away from we are decades past social development than what that country is in so, so, if you want to argue that kneeling for the national anthem is going to better our country in any way, you're out of your mind. And try living in another country. Exactly. If you think that black people are oppressed here, go to another country where black people live and see how they live every day. It might be different based on cultures. And that's one thing that I was talking about. And like when I was talking to my wife about this the other day. America is a massive combination of multiple different cultures. It's called a melting pot. Um, that's why it's called a melting pot, exactly. So if you have people from Africa coming over here, you have people from Europe, you have people from Asia, you have people from all over the world 
combining into one country. Do you think all of the cultures are going to mesh together perfectly? Absolutely not. It's impossible. Absolutely not. You're going to have, no matter what, you're going to have clashes. It's like an oversized Exactly. Exactly. You're going to have, you know, you got the athletic kids, they hang out together. You got the uh, band kids, they hang out together. You got the art kids, they hang out together. You have all these different cultures of people who have different interests and different ways of life and ways that they're raised and neighborhoods they're raised in and parts of the country that they're raised in. It's going to be different all the time. It's never going to be completely equal. And that's the biggest thing that I don't understand about this, protesting all this stuff. It's never going to be perfect. We're, we're never going to live in a utopian society. It's not a thing. No, there's no such thing. It'll, it will never happen. There's just too much, you know, misunderstanding of things and, and too many people that look, view things one way as opposed to the people that view things another way. That's 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 what's great about our country. Is like we can, You can have those splits and you can talk about them and you can try to come to a common ground but in other countries, if you try to go outside of that, you'll get killed. Like you can, you can come out in America. You can say Catholic priests are rapists. You can say all black people are gang members. You can say all white people are members of the KKK. You can say whatever you want. Can't get in trouble for it. People might not like it, but you can say whatever you want. That's all there is to it. But all right, we're running up on time here. But the bottom line of the story is, if you're going to protest and you have something to say about what you about what you think in the development of America and the state that we're in right now, kneeling for the national anthem is not the way to do it. Especially if you're a professional athlete in the NFL, which is definitely the highest viewed uh, professional sports in the country. If you're going to kneel for the national anthem, it's not doing any good. What's changed? Since they've done that, nothing's changed, not a single thing. So there's no point. Okay, no, I will say this. I do think I do think that the the term uh, racism has been, um, you know, it. I don't want to say it's been turned down, but like nobody wants to be exposed as a racist. It's at all. It's a term that's thrown around too loosely. Yeah, and it's gotten to the point where it is so loose that anybody can be called a racist for anything if you if you kneel for the um if you kneel for the national anthem you're still a race if you're white and you kneel for the national anthem you're still a racist because you don't understand what it's like to be a black person if you don't kneel you're part of the white supremacist group that's what they're making it sound like now and that's not right that's not right at all it's not at all so bottom line here last thing that we're going to say from the three minute drive side of things is we don't agree with kneeling for the national anthem because it's not standing up for what needs to be stood up for in the United States. And the best thing to do as people of the United States to fix issues is to stand up as people and go against what the government is doing wrong. The government. Not the country. The government. And that's what's so great. We have the right to go against Exactly. That's why the Second Amendment is in place. Go to a, again, go to another country. Try to go against your government. See what not going to turn out very well. And I, I don't mean to say the Second Amendment is in place so that we can kill the government and overthrow them. And that's not what I mean. I'm, First Amendment is what you should have said. No, I'm, ta- I'm talking about the Second Amendment is in place so that you, the right to bear arms oh, is in place yeah. so that you can stand up against a tyrannical government. That's 
that's the point of the Second Amendment. It's I, this has I, nothing to do with guns, guns, but I'm just saying that. With that being said, that right there sums up the fact that we, as the people of the United States, have the right to stand up against our government. And if it comes down to the arms portion of it, that's what it's in place for. But it goes to the First Amendment too that you have the right to free speech. You can freely speak against the government. So we should do it as people of the United States and not separate cultures or separate race groups or whatever. We should do it all as one person, people of the United States, and speak out against the government. That's what's the wrong. The, what's wrong? So. That's all we have to say from 3-Minute Drive. This last 15, 20 minutes has gotten extremely political. Hold on, just a couple other real quick things. Aaron Judge broke Mark McGuire's rookie home run record with 50 home runs. And uh, Dwayne Wade expected the same. I just saw that. Before we started, I just saw that. $1.3 million. This Cavs roster is a roster that would have been outrageously good about five years ago, six years ago. But we're getting all these old guys. But they're still players. They're still players. They're still good. I think. I think the Cavs. I mean, the Cavs are. I think that they are going to. It's going to be a breeze through the East, and while the rest of the teams like the Oklahoma City Thunder and the Warriors and the Rockets and the Spurs are all beating each other's asses all during the regular season in the playoffs, when the Cavs come They'll be well the, rested. The, the Warriors, they will be well rested and ready to go. So we could definitely see a very promising season from the Cavs. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited then. But, all right, that's all I have to say. Benny, you got any last words? No. Thurn? God bless, God bless this freaking country. Very well said. All right, well, uh... Most likely, we'll be back next week with 3-Minute Drive. If we are not back next week with 3-Minute Drive, then we would... We'll make a small episode telling you where to... Yes, we will, but in case you don't catch a small episode, we'd like to direct you to the Game Breakers podcast. That'll be the uh, upgrade from 3-Minute Drive. And basically the same idea, just a little bit more professional. A little bit better set up. So... We appreciate listening, as always. Um, Like we said, we'll be back next week with a short episode and hopefully the first episode of the uh, Game Breakers podcast. And if not, then we'll definitely update you on where to find that and when it's coming out. So stay tuned for sure. Well, I think that's all we got. So thanks for listening. We'll see you next week.